joining me today, as always, is Jonathan. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing well. Are you doing well uh, in your neck of the woods? I'm doing great. It's finally starting to get cold in Wisconsin, but uh, I'm definitely ready for that. <laughs> um, and today we are going to discuss uh, A Star is Born, the new movie from Bradley Cooper, and also the four previous iterations of the movie uh, from 1931, 1937, 1954, and 1976. And as Jonathan just saw the movie yesterday, I saw it a couple weeks ago, we're going to start off with his uh, initial thoughts about the movie. So what were your uh, reactions to A Star is Born? Well, I've seen five versions of this within about a week, and I think the new one's just, the, the first word that comes to mind is solid. It's just a solid film. It's understated. It's quiet. It's a character study. It's not big and flamboyant. And I think that both the lead actors are really good in it. I mean, Lady Gaga, you forget she's Lady Gaga pretty much. You don't think of her with the meat dress and all the crazy pop, uh, you know, the things that come along thinking about her usually. And she doesn't like blow me away in the film, but I think she's solid and bradley cooper is a gifted uh director he you know there most of the film is just quiet scenes between a few people the two of them or some of the other people that are you know her manager and i just thought it was you know it does it's it's conventional we've you know we've literally seen it uh many times before but you know it's like sam elliott's character says towards the end you know there's basically 12 notes and it's how the artist arranges those notes that's how they make the music i mean this is the same story told over and over again but cooper just does it in a really solid way i mean i'm not gonna say oh this needs to win best picture but i just thought it was a really solid well-acted uh film yeah, when people are com- I, I'm gonna say that I liked the movie, but when people are coming out and saying it was amazing and like one of the best movies I've ever seen, I think that's a total overreaction to it. Like I thought it was good. It was a good drama. It was well acted. I think people are also getting a little carried away with how good Lady Gaga was. Like people are saying she should win an Oscar, which I think would be absolutely ridiculous because. I don't think she's really asked to do too much that's outside of her comfort zone, unlike Bradley Cooper, who I thought was really exceptional and I think stole the movie. Um, But Lady Gaga, I thought a lot of it just sort of played a version of herself, like the version of herself before she got famous and then the version of herself after she got famous about halfway through the movie. But yeah, so, I mean, would you say Lady Gaga was exceptional or that she just sort of did what was asked of her? I feel like the way I do about the film is just a solid performance. It didn't blow me away like, oh my gosh, give her the Oscar now. Yeah. But I was like, no, that's, you know, she's she's good. And I think the biggest compliment is that I forgot Lady Gaga. I didn't think of her being, I mean, I understand, you know, there's uh, comparisons to her own career, but, you know, the quiet scenes between her and Cooper, I wasn't thinking about all the glitz and glamour and her you know, I thought of her as the character, and I think that's like the biggest compliment I can give is that for most of the film, especially the quiet scenes, I really bought her as a real person. And I think the whole cast is uh, really um, gives good performances, the supporting roles. There's a lot of comedic actors that show up, like Andrew Dice Clay and Dave Chappelle and um, Sam Elliott always good he's one of those we talked about last week a character actor you know you amy he's just so flawless i mean he just does what he does and he does it uh 
you know, he's he's really solid as uh, as uh, Cooper's uh, family member. So now w- one thing I have a question. What now? What exactly is the relationship between Cooper and him? It's not his father, right? No, he's like his older half brother. They really go out of the way to explain it in the movie because, on like first sight, it makes no sense. uh, They spend like a good five minutes explaining just how they are related. Yeah, and I don't know. I thought his character was very underwritten because he seems to like play a major role in it and he see and he's like present in some of the big scenes in the movie like in a late one uh Bradley Cooper talks to him like about how like his dad wasn't his hero like actually uh, his older brother Sam Elliott was his was his hero and there's like uh sort of mentions about a career Sam Elliott's character had previously but like it really isn't fleshed out and they have like a big blow up sort of halfway through it that I I don't know, it didn't strike me as false, but it just did not have the sort of impact I felt like they were going for, because I knew so little about his character. I felt like his character was basically a clip reel to show when he gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It's <laughs> yeah, like basically, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like a bunch, I mean, he's really powerful and convincing, and he, you know, he's he's just one of those actors that... You know, like Jeff Bridges, they were both in The Big Lebowski. It's just mm-hmm. like they can't not be good. They're just so you, they just have to show up and just be them. You know, they be. You know, I don't know if he Sam did more Elliot. than that though. Really, besides just show up and be Sam Elliott, and I don't think that's his fault. I just think the character was sort of shoehorned into it to give it a little bit of authenticity. Right. Well, I mean, I do. Th- I do agree that Cooper, as director and co-writer of the screenplay singing you know he did i mean i think that he's definitely going to get nominated for best actor and i would probably say best director and and, probably adapted uh, screenplay also right i just wonder how you know we talked about how people in the academy love uh stories of how good hollywood is or how someone is in the entertainment business they like to praise themselves but um i think that one thing that surprised me about the film is how understated it is how quiet it is how it's not even though there's scenes where they're performing for live uh you know big audiences it's not a very flashy film it's a very you know it's like a character study really there's you know large majority of the film are quiet scenes between the characters i thought it was uh I guess now we're sort of going to jump into the uh, stuff about the older Star is Born movies, but this one surprised me about how much of the focus was on Bradley Cooper's character, because especially in like the 1954 one and the 1937 one, the female performer is very much the main character in the movie, and the male character is sort of a supporting actor. I mean, he's it's sort of given equal weight, but very much the focus is on the female performer, and in this one I thought... It was sort of flipped the other way, and that Bradley Cooper was very much the focus of the movie, and Lady Gaga was just sort of, I don't know, a part of his story. Well, the first one, technically, What Price Hollywood, which came out in 1932, oh, okay. uh, is directed by uh, George Cooker, and it stars Constance Bennett, who most people would know if they know her from anything from the Topper film with Cary Grant, and she's definitely the lead in that film she is the one that is like the top build you know she is the star of that film and it's really the only one of the five that's a a comedy i mean it really the first half of it's like a screwball comedy and it gets more dramatic i mean i'd call it a romantic comedy drama but it's very funny and quick it's like one of those great early screwball comedies from the early 30s and she's just terrific in the film i i think that 
the biggest criticism of that film is that the romance is really not there very much in the first one uh, because it's the director that's the alcoholic in this film, and he's the one that ends up killing himself in the film, not her husband. Okay. And um, so the the guy who plays the husband is very much just like a old Hollywood square who's handsome, but uh-huh. you don't really get, you know, there's not really that deep emotional romantic pull that a lot of the other films have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Constance Bennett is, really, Bennett is really the star of that film, and um, it's like I said, it's the it's the only one that's really a kind of a you know, the, uh, you know the, all the other films have humor in it, but I would definitely call that one a screwball comedy uh, that turns more dramatic towards the end. But yeah, at what price Hollywood and the first two versions of A Star is Born from 37 and 54 all on Filmstruck, if any of you have that. But uh, you, you have also seen the 37 version, mm-hmm. the one with uh, uh, Frederick March and uh, Janet Gaynor is mm-hmm. her name, I think. Yeah, and Janet Gaynor. And that one starts off with her as like uh, on like a North Dakota farm, uh, like her parents telling her she's never going to be famous. And so that one, the focus is very much on the Janet Gander character and Frederick March is uh, the actor, the like drunk actor is just sort of an accessory to her rise, but he's not given equal focus as the Janet Gaynor one. It's very much her movie. And, uh, and the star is born from 1954. I guess James Mason is a little bit more on equal footing with Judy Garland as a main character. But again, like Judy Garland is the star of the movie, and like that's, I mean, it's, it's a Judy Garland movie. No one would ever say that's a James Mason movie, and uh, I don't know. I was just sort of I'm, surprised how much the focus was on Bradley Cooper in this new one. Well, I would say, having seen all five versions, that I would actually say that the new one is the one where the relationship and the romance is the strongest between all five that. films, as like actually you know, believing that these characters would fall in love. I mean, the, uh, the, you know, I'm not saying this is really a fault of the earlier ones, but, you know, I think of it more as a rise to fame story. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, the characters are, you know, well-defined and well-acted, but I really believe the romance the most and the emotional connection in the newest one. Oh, I totally buy that. And like the way they meet is, uh, I thought that was really well done how, uh, Bradley Cooper is just like trying to find anywhere he can get a drink and just sort of stumbles into uh, like a, a drag bar. <laughs> a drag bar where they're doing performances and Lady Gaga does a uh, I don't know it's very sn- snotty of her to do a French song uh, by Edith Piaf La Vie en Rose and I think somebody might say that in the movie like oh look at you singing in French but I don't know I thought that was sort of funny and how he's just sort of like smitten with her from that point on. And like in the one from 1937, uh, like they Janet Gaynor and Frederick March have this little incident at the Hollywood Bowl where he like embarrasses himself. And I can't remember how they end up getting together after that. And then in the one from 1954, um, uh, there's like uh, Judy Garland's character is like doing a performance for some sort of like big uh, like entertainment. Premiere. Yeah, big premiere. And uh, uh, James Mason, who does a really good job acting drunk just like totally embarrasses himself backstage and uh then like finds her i guess in a similar sort of way as the 2018 one just sort of doing a low-key performance in like a a regular bar but uh yeah they both felt kind of forced thinking of the 37 one and the 54 one while in the 2018 one it felt much more organic how they sort of get together and i think the focus being on bradley cooper's character and sort of showing how 
how spinny he is with her performance. I, I buy that a whole lot more than the older ones. And yeah, you make a really good point about the romance being much more believable in this one. And it's definitely much more of a focus, uh, considering the other two are just more about the rise of the, the woman becoming a star. I mean, I actually really enjoyed most of these films. The 37 version and the 54 version are really big, melodramatic Hollywood productions. And I actually was kind of worried for a while when I watched watching the 54 version because I think it's a little bit clunky and slow in the first hour. Yeah, I mean, it's almost three hours long. Yeah, and it has the problem of having scenes that were edited out and they use stills uh, to reconstruct uh, with just the audio some of the story. So once it's trying to get started, it it kind of slows down because there's this reconstruction of the yeah. narrative uh, through stills and just the audio. But um, once it gets going, I mean, Judy Garland, I mean, there's nothing better than seeing those big production numbers, the whole Born in a Trunk sequence, uh-huh. you know, her singing Swanee. I mean, that that is like when Woody Allen goes in Hannah and Her Sisters and he's suicidal and he stumbles into a theater and he sees Duck Soup. And he realizes that life is worth living. Like, that's how I feel about some of those MGM musicals, that it's just, it's so life-affirming. And it's like, you watch those and you go, you know, life's not so bad. Like, <laughs> you know, there's there's light and goodness in the world. And watching, you know, the 54 version, when it's at its height, when it's, when it's you know, firing on all cylinders, and it's just, it's just beautiful. And it's just like a great example of a big you know, fat three hour, you know, musical from that era, you know, it's, it's melodramatic, it's too long. And it's you know, definitely you too tell, long. <laughs> and Judy Garland, you can tell is lip syncing like the whole movie. I mean, it's uh. her singing, but you know what I'm saying? It's dubbed in later. Mm-hmm. And, but boy, it just, it just works. And James Mason is not giving, you know, a realistic performance. I mean, I don't know if, you know, he's giving a James Mason, yes. you know, that accent and buying a drunk, but he does it with great flair. And he does it so big. That's like what James Mason does best. He's just like, he is like a movie star. And like every time he's on screen, he just like commands like total attention. And I thought he was really good as, as Norman Maine. I think he's like the perfect Norman Maine for like, and you believe him as like being a huge star. And then he like plays the downfall so perfectly well. That was one I, sort of qualms I had with the new one. Is I didn't believe Bradley Cooper's character was as big as he was sort of supposed to be. Like he's sort of supposed to be like, uh, like biggest star in the world kind of stuff. Like um, I don't know, like Maroon Five or something like that. And just like the type of music he played, like I could not buy that as being like something people just like play on the radio when they're like hanging out or like getting a billion streams on Spotify or anything like that. Well, we haven't really mentioned the 76 version, but I think partially he's drawing on Chris Christopherson. He's definitely drawing on that, yeah. Right, and um, I I do think the 76 version is the weakest, but I I don't think it's terrible. I think it's – I think they actually have pretty good chemistry, Mm -hmm. um, Barbara Streisand and uh, Chris Christopherson. But – and I know this might not sound fair, but to me it's the most dated of the films. It's definitely the the most dated. 70s movies film... sort of have that sort of problem where like I know, just I the filmmaking style this is like not a style that people use anymore and it just feels so old i know i mean there's scenes in it i mean it's you could say like well if you look at the 37 version that's like very dated too but yeah. it works and yeah the 76 version just feels you know there's scenes where they're you know he's driving the motorcycle and it's slow motion goes over the stage <laughs> exactly and, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um 
and I do think that it's interesting watching all the films together recently, how there's these connections. There's, you know, multiple films where he says, I just want to look at you again. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes where the uh, some publicist or some interviewer wants to talk to her and he mm-hmm. calls uh, the house and says that, uh, you know, he thinks that um, the male character is the, you know, the secretary or the manager. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'll take messages for you. And there's also scenes where she's an accept, she's accepting an award. And, you know, two of the versions, she uh, accidentally gets hit in the face. And then he, uh, you know, they change it with the 76, she falls down. So it's interesting watching them close together because there's, you know, there's all these connections and they change them up sometimes. Yeah, that the sort of award ceremony where the man embarrasses himself is like, I guess, sort of the big scene that's in all of them. And uh, how do you think that one in the 2018 version compared to the previous ones? Well, I was waiting to see Lady Gaga smacked in the face, but you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it, I mean, I guess they've. Well, it's interesting how there's they've changed. It's like in the you know the seventy six version, he they just fall down on the escalator, uh-huh. and then in the twenty eighteen, he well where he urinates, uh, he uh, soils himself on stage, and it's um, that one I thought I was know. the most believable that like could happen like that, like how he sits down, and he like doesn't know where he is, and he's just like, oh, you just won an award and all that. But the one from fifty four, I think, is I don't know, I enjoy watching it the most just because James Mason. It's so awesome in that. And I think it works better when it's the Oscars than the Grammys because, I don't know, I think the Oscars are a much bigger thing than the Grammys and, like, more people watch it. And I don't think, like, winning Best New Artist at the Grammys is such a big deal compared to winning Best Actress at the Oscars. But you did tell me before that you think, in general, the films work better when they're in filmmaking the first year about the movies. Yeah, I do, yeah. But um, I do think that, um, yeah, all, all the films have this just kind of, I think the reason it's been done over and over again is there's just this equality, you know, it just, it's really attractive to an audience watching, you know, this uh, young woman who has so much talent, but she doesn't have any means of getting herself out there and she finds this troubled man. And I don't know, the story just, you know, it's like essential. It's just, it's something that works you know in all these different you know iterations it it just it plays and even though some versions are better than others there's just a draw that that story has and i think that's it's just interesting that they've been able to do it over and over again and it hasn't just been one where oh the first one's good and then they've just pointlessly remade it i mean most of the films are actually really quality films i think yeah, and I think that's what's funny when people say, like, all we do is remakes now. Like, the 31, or 32 to 37 is a five-year gap in a remake, and then 37 to 54 is 17 years between a remake. Like, that's kind of insane thinking about it now. That'd be like if they, like, uh, remade, like, A Beautiful Mind, like, this year. Basically. Well, they've already... Well, they're, they're doing all the remakes of the comic book movies, like Spider-Man's been remade yeah. three times in less I than 20 so. years. Yeah. But, the, you know... I, <laughs> I was going to mention, I, uh, it's interesting that George Cooker, you know, he directed two of the versions, so he remade his own film. Like we talked about earlier uh, mm-hmm. in an episode, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, remaking his own film with the man who knew too much. Um, and, you know, it's, I heard they asked him to do the 37 version, but he's like, no, I already just did that. And then he, you know, in the 50s, they asked him and he agreed to do it. And uh, I think one reason possibly the 76 version is probably the weakest most people would agree is because uh 
nobody got along on set. The mm-hmm. director and Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. You know, you can't always trust everything on IMDb, but they said that Chris Christopherson uh, really did not like filming that movie. And he said, oh, well, I was drunk most of the time, so I don't remember most of it. <laughs> but just, he's that's really- method acting. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's a really good actor. I mean, Pat, I remember Pat Oswalt saying one time that, you know, there are a lot of singers that are actually really good actors, especially country singers, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson and Dwight Yoakam. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there, Chris Christopherson was in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore in Blade. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, like, he, he just has that natural quality. I mean, you don't really think of him. I mean, I would say that of all the performances, actually, of the males, I would say that he's the most believable like he's just so laid back i mean bradley yeah. cooper is really good in it but there's still a little bit of like i'm putting on an accent and yeah. i'm a singer you know? when chris christopherson's basically just in his natural element because he's already like a music superstar which was really good casting similar sort of how lady gaga just fits so well into her role because like that's yeah. who she is one thing I wanted to mention that's really fun about all of these films is seeing all of the character actors that pop up in the films. I mean, the one from 37 has Andy Devine playing <laughs> uh, the roommate early in the film, and there's Lionel St- uh, Stander, I think that's how you say his name, he plays the publicist who hates uh, Frederick Marks, uh, Marks' character. And there's Edgar Kennedy, who showed up in a lot of... Uh, he was in Duck Soup, the Marx Brothers film. Uh-huh. He was the manager of the hotel. And, I mean, there's people like Franklin Pangborn. You know, there's, like, these great character actors. You don't necessarily know their name, but you go, oh, I've seen them in a 100 films. And mm-hmm. then in the 54 version, you have uh, Grady Sutton, who was in a number of W.C. Fields films. And it's just fun seeing these people pop up on screen and then in i was just watching the 76 version you realize who's the guy who is interrupting the performance early in the bar and starts a fist fight Mm-mm. it's uh robert ingram who played freddy krueger <laughs> oh really that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> and yes and and then in the, we mentioned in the new one it has you know people popping up like dave Chappelle and andrew dice clay and eddie griffin griffith griffin mm-hmm. and griffin. um griffin yeah and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, he's in it like literally like a minute and a half. Uh, I feel I feel like there's a longer scene where he that was cut out because he's in it about a minute and a half. But yeah, I think that um, it's always fun to see those old actors um, like Strother Martin. I'm just looking; he's in the 54 version. Like I didn't even realize, you know, he was in it. So yeah, it's it's always fun to see those old character actors in the films. But yeah, I uh, so we should say that um, the first three versions are on Filmstruck and all on DVD, and the first uh, the 37 and 54 are on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I've and, got the Blu-ray, uh, the 54 version. The 2018 version came out uh, Thursday night, this first Thursday night of this month, and mm-hmm. it should be still playing in like every theater. Oh across yeah. The country. And it's still raking in money. It's doing really well, like, week to week without dropping off a whole lot. Because it didn't make, like, a huge amount the first weekend. But the drop-off to the second, like, it must have been, like, less than 25%. Like, it went from, like, 50 to 40. And I think it made, like, 30 to 40 this weekend also. Which is, like, really strong. Right. I think that there's... um... Yeah, I, I, I wonder why it's uh, been so critically acclaimed and why people say it's like, oh, this is the front runner for the Oscars. I think it's a really solid film, but I'm kind of surprised why the fifth version of this film has just so swept up the, uh, you know, the awards consideration. It's, you know, I'm not saying it, it's one of those films every year. It seems like the film that wins Best Picture. I'm like, oh, it's a it's a good film, but 
like there's literally 10 other films that I like more already I, this year. I think this one is like the front runner like very often will lose steam by the end. Like that was sort of how La La Land was last year like when it came out everyone was like this is an absolute lock. And then Moonlight like no one had even heard of it like when La La Land had come out and it just like had this groundswell and then eventually it took uh best picture that might have been two years ago <laughs> uh who won it last year it was uh the shape of water oh this yes one. very much from from that one like nobody thought that was going to win best picture until it actually did so well, I, I don't know well I there's think this, Star there's... Is Born right now is like getting so much just just huge reaction because that's sort of how uh the like news cycles are right now is like it's going to be very hot for a little while but something's going to come out in like december or january and that's going to win best picture it's not going to be a Star is Born. Well, I heard someone say that they think it will be the fourth film ever to win the top five picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I but, wouldn't be uh, shocked, but if that happened, I would. I think the Academy would lose all credibility. Oh, uh, well, you say, uh, people say that every year. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, the greatest show on earth won Best Picture over 60 years ago. It's like... Yeah, I know, but like... <laughs> I think the Oscars are getting better, actually. I think they are, because, too, but like... Because that would a movie be like Moonlight or No Country for Old Men would have never won Best Picture yeah, exactly, 20, yeah. 30, 50 years ago. There's no way. And there's, you know, a movie like The Hurt Locker. I mean, the the thing is, like, the I think one reason the viewership is down with the Academy is because, like, nobody's heard of any of these movies. You ask the average american they've not seen the you know they're not going to see the favorite or moonlight or the hurt locker i mean they've seen you know generic comic book movie a b and c and d and e and f they've seen eight comic book films but they haven't seen any of the best picture nominees they've seen jurassic world and the sequel to that and they've you know they've seen those movies that's why the only i bet that a huge percentage of the population the only film that will be nominated next year uh black panther that like a huge percentage yeah, of the population be the only film they've actually seen yeah and i think the hurt locker might be the best picture winner with the lowest box office return like it was like 20 million it was like nothing but like when you compare the movies who have won like all five awards it's like silence of the lambs and then uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest and is there any other ones who've won it it happened one night it happened one night those are like three of like the top hundred movies ever made like if a star is born does that like that would just be ridiculous like it does well, not belong it, in that same. It's I'm not saying it's not a good movie, but it's not, you know, <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like that's that would be ridiculous. Well, I mean, the uh, they, they, there's this idea that there's the uh, star is born curse because nobody's ever won uh, an acting Oscar. They thought Judy Garland. They was thought she gonna, was a lock. Like it was yeah. like absolutely a lock that she was going to win it. And then like Grace and, Kelly won for some movie no one even has heard of at this point. I know, and it's. I think uh, Groucho Marx said that it was the biggest robbery since Brinks. I mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably yeah, was. Yeah. Well, t- uh, actually, the thirty-seven version did win best story. Uh, some, oh yeah, uh, when that was you know, still a category, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like back in the day where there was like all these different random categories. Well, now, there was best cinematography, know, black and white; best cinematography, color. <laughs> right. Well, and there's also – well, you could argue today there's sound mixing and sound editing, which I know are two different things, but they really should just give it like – Yeah, to best sound. Of... And I think they might actually have changed that category, so it is just best sound. I don't yeah. have confirmation on They that, need though. to do a stunt uh, category. That's like the number one category I think they should do. I agree but, with that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I don't think – I would not classify any of these films as a musical 
in the strict sense of, to me, a musical is where the characters break into song. And I mean, people say the 54 version is a musical, but really it's like all a of backstage the backstage mus- musical. It's like all the performances in the film are performances. Performing. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it it's, you know, I, I mean, I guess technically it's a musical, but in a way, I don't really think of it as a, a, a true musical because to me, a musical is where the characters in their, you know, quote unquote, real life break into yeah, song. Yeah, it's more like the emotion becomes too intense that the only way they can express it is by singing it is like what a musical is. Yeah, it's like you know that they're going to nominate. Uh, well, that's the well, the, the Golden Globes are ridiculous. They nominate the Martian yeah. for best and get get out for best comedy. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to put uh, a Star Is Born in comedy slash musical or well, drama. It's a lock for the award if it's if it's in the musical one. So that's why they might give it to it so that it wins like ten Golden Globes or whatever. I know. Well, the thing is that sometimes even if a film is technically a comedy, if they really feel strongly about it, they'll put it in the drama mm-hmm. and it's always ridiculous how like the categories like i mean like isabel hubert actually won best actress i think for the golden globes at the, for drama but uh that's because emma stone won best actress in the comedy or musical but mm-hmm. i mean l is a comedy and it's a really dark dark film but it is a comedy and like to me it should have been in the comedy category well it's also like i don't understand why uh three billboards uh, and I, Tanya were in different categories. Like, to me, they're both either dramas or dark comedies. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't, it, I don't know. Genres are mixing so much now that I think having two different categories is a little ridiculous in the first place. Like, what, like, dramatic movie doesn't have a little bit of comedy in it now? And the same goes for, like, comedies. Like, <laughs> a lot of the comedies that come out now have some, like, really intense storylines to them. Like, uh, Trainwreck was, like, about, like, suicide and stuff like that. Like, that wouldn't a comedy but it was had funny moments in it but people would consider it to be a comedy well first reformed has like two laughs in the whole movie that's like a pretty much as bleak and serious <laughs> as you get yeah but uh, well, they're obviously yeah. you know extremes and exceptions to that yeah so i mean i actually recommend all these films i mean i don't really need i don't think we need to like rank them like one two three four five but i would say the 54 versions the best i agree and, with that the 76 version is it's it, it, it has good elements but i think it's the weakest of the five uh but i do recommend people watch what price hollywood if they haven't seen it it's a really fun movie it's 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 definitely the funniest of the films because like the first half you know hour of the film is a screwball comedy and it's just a really good old school and it's the least pretentious of the films i think it's the one that yeah. just uh, you know, it's just kind of a light, you know, it's like 88 minutes long. You know, it's it's just a really uh, it's a really fun movie. But yeah, go see the new one in theaters uh, because it's one of the best reviewed films of the year. I'll get a bunch of uh, Oscar nominations and because it's good. That's the number one reason is that it's, a, I think, a solid. Film. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I just want to ask, what do you think of the music in it? I I mean it's I don't know it's it's it it gets the job done. But it like, do you I, buy like the songs Bradley Cooper singing as like songs that would be massive hits on the radio? Well, I I, I agree that I feel like he would be kind of a a popular artist, but I don't necessarily buy that he would be someone that would people would just go excuse the pun Gaga for. Yeah, you and know, like I, 
headlining music festivals and stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know. I just found that a little tough to believe. Well, maybe maybe we can think of it as that, you know, he's at a low point at the beginning of the film and that, you know, previous years he was much bigger. You know, I don't know. Like the, the crowds story. he's getting at the beginning are like huge and stuff like that. And I think he's supposed to be like headlining Coachella at one point, which is like what Beyonce did a few years ago. And I don't see him as like being a Beyonce level star. Well, you know, the film started a few, I don't know, they might have been like a decade ago now yeah. that Clint Eastwood was going to direct it with Beyonce. And I think Bradley Cooper was going to just star in it. Uh-huh. But uh, I mean, I kind of, I wanted to see Clint Eastwood directing Beyonce. I mean, I like <laughs> talk about like they, out of you know, touch. <laughs> well, I mean, he did Jersey Boys a few years ago, which was a musical, and I don't think that was a very good film, but no. I, you know, Clint Eastwood's done all different type of genres, and he already has two films coming out this year. One came out in February, and one comes out right at the end of the year, The Mule, which has Bradley Cooper, and that's one of the interesting things about the awards, is that uh, this film suddenly came out you know announced that it was coming out at the end of the year so you have two bradley cooper films from the same studio uh competing and you know he clint eastwood and bradley cooper might be up for best actor against each other Mm -hmm. but we'll see so last thing i'm going to ask is who do you think won a star is born 2018 bradley cooper lady gaga sam elliott dave chappelle andrew dice clay anthony ramos who do you think had the biggest impact it came out as the winner in this movie bradley cooper as a director bradley cooper as a director okay i think the best thing about the film is its tone and that it's very understated and i think that the you know the fact that as a whole the film really works i mean that each individual performer does well in the film but i think the thing that um and i wouldn't say blew me away but just the thing that stuck with me was just how assured he was for a first time film as a director i think that's the thing that i mean i honestly think that um you know as good as he is in the film he gives a really good performance i think the the strongest aspect of the film is the film overall as a directorial achievement i say bradley cooper wins as an actor i don't know i think this is probably the toughest role he's played i would put that alongside uh silver linings playbook which i think he's really good in and was sort of his like breakout as a dramatic actor but this i think is the best he's been since that he's sort of i don't know he makes a few odd choices in the sort of stuff he appears in um isn't a movie called the words a few years ago that <laughs> yeah. nobody saw yeah, yeah well, and so and i'm he... glad that he's getting a nice opportunity to showcase how good he is as an actor because i think he really is a gifted actor but like, I don't know. American Sniper, he was good in it, but it's not like he got to really, like, stretch himself or, like, show something that people had never seen before. And in this one, I think it was really a good exhibition for what Bradley Cooper can do as an actor. Well, you see that he's going to star, direct, and co-write a film where he plays uh, Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> I think that's sort of an interesting choice. Uh, I don't know. Now, I don't know what Leonard Bernstein looks like off the top of my head, but, like, yeah, I, I doubt he, he looks like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like when they cast um, with Clint Eastwood cast Leonardo DiCaprio as Jagger Hoover. Oh and yeah, that was just total, totally miscast because yeah. they should have had some bulldog of a character actor play him, and they yeah. got you know a GQ cover hot you know actor to play Jagger Hoover, which is so silly to me. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad performance, but it's just that it's fundamentally miscast. Yeah, talk about a movie that absolutely bombed was Jay Edgar. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but Clint Eastwood is a director I've seen his last about eight films in a row in theaters. I'm a, I'm a, you know, if he has a film come out, I go to see it, and I definitely want to see The Mule. And uh, oh yeah, me it, too. They had the, they had the trailer. Well, it's funny they had the trailer for two music films, uh, the um, Bohemian Rhapsody and the Elton John film. I mm-hmm. saw both trailers, um, and. Uh, yeah, but the joke too is that there's the film with Natalie Portman coming out at the end of the year. I think it's called Vox Lux, and people joke that she gives a better Lady Gaga performance than Lady Gaga does this year because she's really playing like a real big, flashy pop star, and Lady Gaga does to some degree in the film, but for most of the film, she's understated and she's playing yeah. like a real person. So, uh, yeah, there's um, a lot of interesting kind of interconnections with, you know, Clint Eastwood's The Mule and A Star is Born and Vox Lux. And, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be interesting seeing it compete in the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, and that's a long time from now. Like, the buzz from A Star is Born might be, like, completely dead by then. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you never know, you know, stuff comes out. Uh, and, you, you know, it does... It's it's silly though that the idea I don't understand why there can't be movies like quality films that come out throughout the whole year why they all have to come out in the last three months or the last two months or the last yeah. you know two weeks of the year like why people it's kind can't of bullshit be, yeah get out you know came out in February I think of uh, last year and it ended up you know getting all the major nominations it might have so. won though if it came out in like December yeah it's um. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I think, the you know, we say the Oscars are kind of stupid, but it's, uh, you know, the most important thing is I think that it's a, it's a solid film and it's worth seeing regardless of how much the Oscars, you know, heap. I mean, I definitely think it's going to get nominated. It's going to get nominated for, for a hell of a lot of Oscars. Like, I would best put... <laughs> best picture, director, actor, actress, screenplay. Adaptive screenplay, cinematography, actor. probably. Yeah, Even it's though, funny. Like, the guy who shot it uh, had also shot Venom, which came out the same day. Oh, really? <laughs> That's hilarious. Right. And he's the guy who shot a lot of Aronofsky's films, okay. like uh, Black Swan and Mother. Oh, wow. Yeah, it'll definitely anyway. get Best Song nomination. That's going to be Lady Gaga's going to do. I don't know. I wonder which one is going to get nominated for Best Song. Probably well, you Shallow. Know, she was nominated. She's already Oscar nominee. She was nominated for Best Song for the um, documentary The Hunting Ground about rape on and oh, sexual yeah. assault on college campuses. Yeah, that was um, last year or two years ago, I think. Oh, that was a few years ago. But do you okay. know uh, what are the only other films that Lady Gaga has ap- appeared in? Well, first of all, she knows her very first credit when she was really young. She was in an episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> That's, I mean, I buy her as like a New Jersey Italian girl. That totally yeah, makes she, sense. She is alien on TV monitors in Men in Black 3. How about that? She's in Machete Kills and Sin that. City, a dame to kill, for, yes. to, to kill for. And she's in Muppets Most Wanted playing herself. <laughs> and, uh, and she was in two seasons of American Horror Story, which I thought yeah. were the two worst seasons. She's those. I don't think she was... The thing that was bad about them but oh the hotel season was just garbage but yeah. but no yeah. i think she's good in the film the yeah one. if i had to give all the oscars today i would give every award to first man i saw that over the weekend that's the best movie well, of the year <laughs> well we haven't we haven't talked off air but the idea is i think next week we can talk about first man and halloween those two together okay i'm cool with that i'm seeing halloween thursday night i'm definitely night, gonna so. see that this weekend right all right. Well, we'll uh, get back to you uh, and talk about uh, the. You know, we we talked about five films, one of which was actually new, but we'll talk about two 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 new films next week. First Man and Halloween. Final thing: give a grade to A Star Is Born. 
I'll give all okay. I would give uh, the new. I'll give it a solid four out of five stars. I think four out of five is probably what it is. It's not like five out of five. It didn't blow me away, but I left it thinking that was a good movie. Those were good. I would give the fifty-four version like four and a half out of five. I'll I would give, give the it 30, five. I give the. Well, I, I think it's a little clunky and too long, but it's boy, does it work when it works. <laughs> it really does. Thirty-seven, yeah, and- I think, is four out of five. Yeah, I'd give What Price Hollywood four out of five. I'd give the th- 76 version like three and a half out of five or yeah, three. I think three, you know? maybe two and a half. It's, um, yeah, but uh, I, I would, I, none of them are terrible. No, They're none all, of like, them are terrible. Ball. And I, I'm sure in 20 years we're going to get another version of it. With like Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, it's going yeah, to be a documentary about their relationship in the summer of 2018. <laughs> I saw someone, you know how you read something sometimes and you can't ever think of it in another way? I saw someone say that Pete Davidson has asshole eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's totally that, true. And you see Ariana Grande got all defensive about it. <laughs> yeah. And they have like a bunch of tattoos for each other. Yeah. You know. That was anyway, doomed but that's another to fail, story. But yeah. We could leave the gossip for another version. Well, thanks yeah. for listening to our discussion of A Star is Born. We'll be back with you next week. Hopefully a little earlier than we got to this week. There were a couple... Snap I had to see all. Process. I had to see all five versions because I'm OCD. I saw all five versions. Yep. Well, I hope you enjoyed our discussion of the Stars War, and we will be back with you next week. <laughs>